Welcome to Nailed It Radio. Find your simplicity within your complexity with me, life coach, Carrie Nail. Are you a woman experiencing life transitions and who wants to be recognized for your whole potential? Join me and my co-host, Dr. Pat, as we discuss what it means to use your full power to be the best version of yourself. Imagine stepping into the energy of saying yes to yourself as we both have done. This hour is packed with tips and stories on what it means to become whole, to integrate into your true self and reframe your story in any given situation. Stay with us on this journey of self-discovery, powerful solutions, and unpacking the nature of who we are and why. You've already nailed your first step to your best self by tuning into this show. Now here are your hosts. Hey, everybody, welcome. Welcome to Nailed It Radio with me, Dr. Pat, and I get to really sit in on this show with the host of the show, Carrie Nail. Look, one of the most important things that we've been talking about on the show is we've been talking about when we are looking at our lives that have now changed, what are the different aspects of it that we realize in today's world we're not talking about? What about post-pandemic parenting. Yes, post-pandemic parenting. What do I mean by that? Well, you're going to find out from Carrie why it's important and why it may be different than anything you've done up until this point. Carrie, this is one of these topics that if we don't talk about post-pandemic parenting, folks will not know that they're in a completely different realm, a realm they've never been in before. Mm -hmm. This is a great topic. Yes, Thank you. Thank you. And good morning. So yeah, so our topic is uh, post pandemic parenting. What is it and how can understanding your personality preferences help you navigate um, through this time as kids are going back to school and navigate this more effectively. So when you asked me to do this topic, you had seen that I had done a, a positive parenting workshop based on the Myers-Briggs type indicator. And you said, could you do this, you know, for now, for what's going on right now? And I was very excited to do it because as you know, I'm very passionate about um, helping people understand who they are at their core through the Myers-Briggs type indicator. Because I've been doing this for 20 years. I got first certified when my son was four months old and, um, and I got exposed to some parenting books on Myers-Briggs because I just learned about it. You know, you do it in a, in a business setting, corporate America. Right. And I read the book uh, Nurture by Nature by, ba- by Paul and Barbara Teeger. And it, and it all made sense. And, and I was thinking, well, if managers, you know, at work are needing to uh, manage their employees based on their personality preferences. Why wouldn't parents yeah. parent their children based on their personality preferences? And so, um, yeah, I just, you know, I was just excited to do this. And, um, and so, um, it also, when, when you asked me to do this, I, it also builds on the previous shows we've done on coping with stress and how to communicate more effectively using the Myers-Briggs information. Because as a parent, especially if our personalities are different than our children's, 
we need to know who we are first and how we deal with, with stress, how to cope with stress based on ourselves and how to communicate more effectively, especially with people who are different than us. And a lot of times our children are, are different than us. And so I want to step through all those um, scenarios, those preferences and talk about, because also when, you know, when we were talking about doing this show, um, you had given me some links to look at and I, and yeah. I, you know, moved forward with that. And I just came across all this wonderful information. So for instance, like ABC seven news talked about how the pandemic's been so hard for everyone. And uh, for parents, there's an extra layer of caring for our kids um, during this tumultuous time. They felt a lot of decision exhaustion while dealing with ho work home and you know getting their kids back to school, everything in between. Um, parentmap.com talked about how to practice kindness, compassion, and patience as we turn, as we return to the new normal. And Palo Alto University did a webinar on YouTube about the mental health yeah. of parents and children. Yeah. Um, and then the on the bright side, Washington Post on parenting they said they heard a common theme that even in the worst circumstances, parents were finding something to worth celebrate, to keep, um, to hold on to. And that was a slower pace of life. And so now we have this opportunity to look at what, what worked and what didn't work before the pandemic, during the pandemic. And now let's let go of the bad stuff or not so good stuff and keep the really yeah. good stuff. That and works. that's really why what you're talking about is so extraordinary because here's the thing that, you know, we just find out, let me just say, we just kind of find out, we found out over the past 18 months. And let's start with what people may or may not know about Myers-Briggs. Let's just start with the more common conversations, introvert versus extrovert. I mean, that is when people hear the phrase, they've heard the phrase before, right? Yeah. That's not it's the only aspect. And that's probably the most common one. People most hear. common. And then that's then they, they don't go beyond yeah. that sometimes. But even with those two, there is discovering. Let's talk about from your perspective, the introverted child, if you are not an introverted parent. Mm -hmm. And, you know, let's start with the conversation because you have to understand each other right? Yeah. I mean, there are some kids that really thrived in this environment. They were by themselves. They were in their rooms. They were able to focus. They're like, leave me alone. And don't others that were not. Go back to school. Yeah, don't make me go. <laughs> that was me. That was me. But talk about this for a minute, because we don't really think about this. We don't think about the fact that, wait a minute, I'm an extroverted parent. I do not understand why my child will not come out of that room. Right. Right. And so I think there's some images of one is an extroverted parent who's got all the kids in the car and it's like taking them to do things. Oh, everything's opened up. Come on, kids. Let's get in the car. Let's go to the zoo. Let's go to the grocery store. Let's go run errands. Let's have, let's go to birthday parties. And because that extroverted parent, they get their energy outside of themselves by being out and about around people and by doing things and being active and talking. Whereas an introverted child, um, their energy comes from within. So they need 
quiet time. Um, they need to process things alone. And um, in, so the idea of going back to school, especially when they've been able to do school from home without having to be around people, because people, other people actually take energy from the introvert. So the introverted child needs more downtime to recover their energy. And so a strategy for extroverted parents, instead of going, okay, here, go back to school and drop them off at school and, and figure it out is go slow, make a plan before school starts. And, um, you know, if they're young children, uh, bring one or two friends home uh, to your home and let them, if you have a backyard, let them play outside. I guess that was the extroverted, <laughs> the extroverted child. But um, yeah, just take kids, let, have a play date with one or two children first. And then, um, you know, maybe take them to the park when it's not so busy. Maybe take them to the grocery store when it's not so busy. Just slowly indoctrinate them back into being around people and, um, and, and, and not push them too far. Just make it slow make a plan. Um, and also when an introverted child comes home from school, um, when they go back to school is let them have some downtime alone. Now you want to be careful and not let them have too much downtime, right? But let them have some space. Um, they need to be, can I ask you, let me just, let me just interject here. Cause really what you're talking about is, it's more than an understanding. This right here is so important, what you just said, and, and vice versa, which we're going to mm -hmm. talk about. Mm -hmm. But the hardest thing for an extroverted parent, five minutes of a child in a room by themselves is five minutes too long. <laughs> yes. I just want to put it in perspective in a minute, because what you're saying, and this is what you teach, Carrie, what you're saying is, this aspect of understanding is so important. And I'm so glad you reminded us of this teaching you do on this. Because if we could just understand a few of these things, the tension gets cut, mm -hmm. the stress, less arguments, the mm -hmm. perception that my child is sleeping in their room because there's something wrong with them. Not really. Or even if they're playing a video game. Oh, yes. Let them play that video game yes. even for an hour. Yes. Oh, my gosh. But that's what they need to do to recover. And then it's time to start on their homework or engage at home. Yeah. Um, I, I want to ask you, and I know we're going to touch on a number of things today that are really important for people to understand and, you know, the recognition in not just the people you've studied, but, but the work that you've done is here we are. How do you parent an introverted child? We talked about that, right? Mm -hmm. But there's also the other side of it, which we're going to talk about, you know, how do you parent an extroverted child if you're an introverted parent? Yes. And, you know, some people think it's like the opposite of something, but it doesn't necessarily have to be. Right. Um, and, you know, we're just talking about one set of dynamics, mm -hmm. right? We're yeah. not even talking about if the parents are introverted and extroverted, right? Right. right? right. Yeah. 
So, so let's ahead. do this. One of the things I want to do is, you know, I want to take a short, short, really short break. And when we come back, let's flip the coin. Mm-hmm. Let's say and talk to all of those introverted parents mm-hmm. that just has these super active, take me here, take me there, play with me. I want to go out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Patience is going to be an understatement in our next conversation with Carrie now. What do you think, Carrie? Short break? Absolutely. Thank when you. When we come back, lots to share. Carrie Nail is an expert in this arena. Have you ever thought about this? Did you think you're really throwing the towel? You're not sure what to do next. When we come back, lots to share with you. We'll be right back. You're driven and it totally shows. Your career is taking off. You're killing it in the mom game. But did your health needs make it on the plate this week? Tune in to the Boss Up Babe radio show where Carissa Adkins helps babes show up, boss up and thrive every second and fourth Tuesday at 1230 p.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com become the boss babe you were meant to be. To sign up for one of Carissa's group coaching programs, visit 365dailyhustle.com. We'd love to hear from you on Transformation Talk Radio and live on Facebook. Call into the show, 1-800-930-2819. Transformation Talk Radio. Have you ever felt like if you just had the right tools and resources, you'd be able to carve a path toward the life your heart is aching for? Guess what? You have everything you need inside you. I'm Natasha Ornedo, and I'm here to show you that your healing is in your hands. Tune into my show, Unlock the Healing Path, every second and fourth Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. To learn more about me and my work, visit NatashaOrnedo.com. Hey, everybody, welcome back. Post-pandemic parenting. Carrie Nail is an expert in this arena, as well as understanding this arena from the perspective of personalities. Look, before we get going here, how do people find out more about you? How do they find out about this particular mentoring and teaching you do, Carrie? Oh, thank you. Well, you can contact me uh, at Carrie at CarrieNail.com, or you can go to my website, CarrieNail.com. That's K-E-R-I-N-A-I-L.com. And I start, um, with my clients where they're at and we look at their situations and I help them move forward by asking them questions, uh, so that they can come up with their own answers. I love this aspect of this work to help us understand um, and, and I'm just going to start with this little ditty and then really take it away. You know, for a really long time in the workplace, I didn't understand my type. And I would come into work really early, but I would shut my door. Mm-hmm. And the perception of that to my team was unapproachable, dot, 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 not available. Because I happened to work with a team of four people, all of them were extroverts, mm-hmm. found out later. And the feed, when I got the feedback, I simply opened my door. Mm-hmm. It changed everything. Yes. Let's now, I, this is an oversimplification, but I'm talking about it because we're getting ready to talk about, you know, what happens, right, when we're talking about an introverted 
parent mm -hmm. and an extroverted child. And, and I'm not implying that my employees were children, but I am implying that the dynamic perhaps may be the same. Oh, absolutely. And, and it wasn't oversimplified what you said. It was actually, it, that's just it. It's simple things like that, that can help um, understanding each other's energy. And so if you are an introverted parent, um, your energy comes from within and you still need quiet time. And if you have extroverted kids, some strategies, what you can do is, you know, um, is have children come, if they're small children, have them come over to your home. If you have them over to your home, if you have a backyard, let them go play in the backyard where you can be inside where it's quiet and you can observe them or take them to a park where it's safe. And, and again, you can sit and observe and watch them and let them, you know, scream and yell. I think there's a picture of a, of a little girl kicking a ball and, and of an introverted parent who's sitting there writing quietly about their children. And so, and the other thing too, is it doesn't always have to be on you. If you have a group of families that you trust, make a plan with them to let all the kids come to their place too, and, and hang out and play. And if they're teenagers, you know, hang out and be loud and everything so that you also give yourself a break from all the energy. And when you are with the extroverted kids, um, make sure you give yourself plenty of downtime afterwards to recover from all of that extroverted energy. There's so many layers of this and so many places for hurt feelings. Let me just say it like that. Mm -hmm. um, what do I mean by that? on both sides, whether you are an extroverted parent and an introverted child or an introverted parent and an extroverted child. Let's just talk about that. You know, it's hard to explain to someone that loves to be out in the world that you don't want to, and it's not personal. What do I mean by that, Carrie, right? It's, I just don't have the energy to do it. I, I just don't, I don't have that. I just, you know, and when you're a child, you don't know how to say, mom, I just don't have the energy. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. You know, you, you just don't know the words to say. But I think that, you know, when you're working with parents and we're looking at how to learn language, how to communicate around this, then there is a beautiful corrective action that can be taken. Yes. Yes. But don't you find a lot of times, and please talk to this, introverted children get categorized in these boxes of dot, 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 dot. Extroverted children also get categorized and misdiagnosed. Mm -hmm. Can you talk about how we gain a better understanding, especially if you are, you know, you're that introverted mom and you have an extroverted child and you just don't understand why they just don't want to take a nap. <laughs> <laughs> They're 21. Why don't you want to take a nap? <laughs> right, right. Well, yeah. And that's just it. Just understanding that energy that your child's energy is different than yours, whether you're an extroverted parent, an introverted child or vice versa. Um, two examples. Um, I, I just, was with a, a good friend of mine last night who's an extroverted parent with an introverted 19-year-old, uh, and she took her to Belgium, and, and my friend was up at the crack of dawn, and she used to, like, rouse her daughter out of bed and go, let's, 
you know, let's go sightsee, let's go have breakfast. And so we had just talked about the differences. And when she took her over to Belgium, she's like, I'm just going to let her sleep until noon while I, the extroverted parent, go out and get my breakfast and do some sightseeing on my own. Then when I come back, my introverted child will have had all the downtime they've needed and are ready to go out and about when that child is ready because they they just don't have the energy to do what the extroverted parent does. And then my sister-in-law was over the other night. She's an introverted parent with an extroverted child. And she would always have the kids over to her house. And I said, well, did you ever, you know, ask other families to, to host the kids, you know, the extroverted kids? And she goes, no, I never thought about that. She goes, I just always did it. And then always felt exhausted when they left. And so, and she's like, gosh, if, and that's the other thing too. A lot of times moms end up being, um, it kind of taking on a martyr. I have to do it all. I have to do it all. And they don't know, um, they don't know how to ask for help because they don't know what help to ask for. They don't know that their energy's low. They just think that they're getting grumpy after all these kids have been over. And if they could just realize, wow, I need some downtime afterwards. Who can I ask to help me? Other parents, other families, spouse, grandparents, caregivers to go, hey, can you can you take over the kids for a little while while I just need I just need some downtime? Right. And, you know, when we think about this and we look about how we are communicating and what our desires and needs are, this is the most critical part. What you're teaching people is an understanding, Mm -hmm. not just an understanding of self, but an understanding of each other. And, you know, one of the things that I don't think we talk about enough, and we're going to talk about it as we move forward in the show, because there are other aspects to personality that we're going to cover. Um, is that you have to start from the place of understanding in a way that says my child is not broken. Yeah, I'm not broken. And a lot of times what happens is if you don't understand the personality types, right, Carrie, we go to a place is something's wrong. And yet, maybe nothing wrong isn't don't you feel this is one of the greatest misconceptions of that we have when we don't understand personalities. Yes, because we've been taught, we probably, especially my generation, we were taught by our parents, one way fits all everybody, you know, one way of parenting, you parent everybody the same way. And, and then that's where you see issues like with uh, ADHD, and that is a real thing. Um, But if, and if a child were recognized that he's more open-ended, more big picture and, and structure is challenging for them, whereas a, a more structured parent isn't, just knowing those things can, can help not try to fix your child. Now, if sometimes those methods are needed, but if you have an understanding at the, at the, core level of your child about why they're doing that, you may be able to put in some natural strategies without having to go to medication or whatever like that. Um, Yeah. And what we're saying is too that, you know, it might not be one or the other. One is not mutually exclusive, but if we can understand that maybe a part of it is that you're working with a child 
that is a little bit different than you. Their yeah. energy comes from different places. You yeah. know, mom, you may need to go in the bedroom for an hour and turn on Oprah. Okay, yeah. that's all right. As your child is banging on your door, mommy, can we go get ice cream or something, right? Yep. And I yep. It, go, ahead. go ahead, Carrie, because and I, I have think an it's, example. Go I ahead, do it. Go ahead. Mom. I just ran into a mom in my building <laughs> and she's like, because we've had this conversation. She goes, guess what I did tonight? I said, what? She goes, I made dinner at, and, um, and I set it on the table for my husband and son. And I went to bed. <laughs> I said, <laughs> you guys know what to do with this. I'm going to bed. And she goes, that didn't mean I didn't. She goes, that doesn't mean I went to sleep. She goes, that's exactly what I did. I turned on my favorite show or I journaled or I, you know, I just let myself be and let them have their energy and said, okay, you know, it's time for me. I got to go into my bed now. Yeah. I want to take a short break when we come back. As I said before, there's something here that is even deeper than this. And we started at what we call the most common elements of understanding and personality. Yeah. But, you know, it does get a little bit more interesting as we now start to move down to what are some of the other characteristics yeah. of personality? Yes. You know, what are some of the ones that when you put them in com combination, for example, an introvert that's intuitive. Mm -hmm. What happens when you put that together with someone that just wants to be analytical about it? Mm -hmm. What happens when your child just doesn't answer you right away and you could see them thinking? Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean they're slow. Right. Carrie Nail, everybody, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, get ready to dive deeper into a personal reflection of oneself, but also how about a better understanding that allows for no one to be broken? Stay tuned. We'll be right back. It's time to shake out your money-making truth on soul wisdom abundance with Jennifer Bloom, creating wealth from spiritual health on transformationtalkradio.com. This hit show is more than your roadmap to success. It's your compass to abundance through joy and ease. Jennifer Bloom teaches you about the soul's relationship to money and wealth and how improving that relationship serves both you and the world. Learn more at jenniferbloom.com. You've been listening, but are you watching? Tune in to your favorite shows on the Transformation Talk Radio Facebook page. We stream live video podcasts every day. Diane Solano has launched her new show, Powered Through Health. Tune in for educating, entertaining, and inspiring interviews with experts from around the globe. Diane's passion is developing entrepreneurship among individuals worldwide in order to create financial, time, and geographic freedom. Powered Through Health is all that and more. To connect with Diane Solano, visit Synergy.ca. That's S-E-N-A-R-G-Y. CA. Hey, everybody, welcome back. What a great show today, post-pandemic parenting. But we're doing it from a different lens. You know, Carrie Nell is an expert in the field of personality in Myers-Briggs. And more than that, she is a powerful, powerful coach. 
you know, part of what we've been talking about in this series is how do we find this level of simplicity within your complexity? And sometimes I do not think it gets more complex than the relationships we have between parents and children. And we see that as complex. Children see it as complex. Yet at the same time, there's a simplicity in what we want, how we want it, and when we want it. It just doesn't mean that we're on the same page with that. Um, Carrie, the best place for people to find out more about you is your website, right? Yes, it's carrienail.com, K-E-R-I-N-A-I-L.com. And you can contact me at Carrie at carrienail.com. But it's all there on my website. And, and I'm happy to uh, communicate with you directly. So yes, please contact me either way. I love now what we're talking about, you know, let's roll into, you know, let's move beyond intuitive um, or introvert, extrovert. Let's start to talk about, you know, what happens when you start to add some of these other structures. Mm -hmm. And we're going to take a look at all of these now in the remainder of the show. What happens when, let's say you're a feeling child and you have a thinking parent, Mm -hmm. you know, let's say that that's you. Or let's say perhaps that you are uh, in, you know, you're a parent and you have an intuitive child. So Carrie, you're going to walk us through each of these right now, because there's a certain way that we could learn about this where there's no one is broken, not the parent not the child. This is just understand. So walk us through these. (laughs) Well, just a quick review of the Myers-Briggs preferences. So the first one is where you get your energy. You either get it in inward inside yourself, which is introverts, or you get it outside of yourself by talking and being around people. That's extroverted energy. The next dichotomy is how you see things, your perception. And we call it sensing and intuition. So sensing is very in the moment, very practical, very detail oriented, step by step in the, in the moment. And intuition is more a uh, big picture, sees patterns quickly, wants to know why, wants to know the concepts, what, is always looking at the possibilities, what's, what's gonna come ahead. And so just knowing that, and that's where you see a lot of miscommunication as well. Um, so if you're a sensing parent, you tend to want to um, demonstrate to your children how to do things, how to, how to touch it, how to nail a, uh, something together, or how to play a game step by step. What are, you know, what are the rules? And if you have an intuitive child that just wants to daydream and imagine and turn materials and toys into, you know, uh, um, superheroes and you know, a make-believe castle or something like that. And the sensing parents going, but, but that's not how you play this game. You play this game this way and here are the steps to playing it. So just um, remember that a sensing parent wants to teach a child how, and an intuitive child wants to know why. So lots of patience when a child's, but why, why do you want to do this? Why do you do it this way? Why do you do it this way? And the parent just wants to go well because it the rules say it's this and and so in all these scenarios and that's one of the things one of those articles we talked about at the beginning was yeah 
patience, 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 and lots of deep breathing. And um, so what you want to do as a sensing parent is give your children the time to daydream um, and listen with patience. Don't squelch their ideas and also take their ideas. If they're, if you're trying to get them to work on their homework, how can you take those daydream ideas that they're thinking about and apply them to what's happening right now? What are you working on? So tell, you know, it's like, okay, great. Those are, you know, again, don't squelch, just listen and acknowledge, wow, those are really great things to think about now. How do you apply that to the math homework you're working on right now or the essay you're working on right now? You know, oh, I don't know. Well, uh, it's like, okay, well, let's let's come back to it. So it's just because as a sensing parent, we're so good at helping intuitive children implement and bring their ideas kind of back down to earth. <laughs> yeah. Sensing, we, I'm a sensing person and we tend to start with ourselves first to understand it ourselves first. That's why we have to touch it, see it, smell it. Yeah. Where in people who are naturally intuitive, they look away from themselves first before even coming back. They're up, they're up in the clouds. That's so, true. So coming back down to ground is like, wow, do I have to? <laughs> and of course, sensing parents, like we're at the ground, we're below the ground, we're at the ground. So just knowing that and just go, let the child go. I mean, yeah, I, I have this conversation with all the intuitive people I know all the time. It's like, just let me dream a little bit. Mm. Instead I of do it all the time. Um, mm -hmm. And I think you've seen me do it where I'll get asked a question and I'll do something like this, you know, uh, it, mm -hmm. and I have to tell you that if people don't know you, they think you're either ignoring them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've learned to say, just give me a minute. But even when I say that, it breaks up my, what am I trying to say? I so naturally just do, the, I so naturally just look away because what's going on in my brain, mm -hmm. right? But if people understood this about each other, people wouldn't think, wow, she just blew me off right there. No, mm -hmm. I'm just trying to. I'm just trying to wrap my mind around it, literally. Especially if you're an, a, an introverted, yeah. intuitive person, which you are. <laughs> so you're going to go, you're, you are going to, you need, you need a minute of not talking to actually think about what's happening right then and there. Yeah. It happened at lunch the other day with Jessica and Linda. Um, but what the point is of this, and let's continue along mm -hmm. this line with you. The point is we're not broken. Right. We just don't understand each other. Yeah. This is just a way to understand each other in, in very simple terms, energy and perception so far. And so, and so then if you're an intuitive parent, parenting a sensing child, um, Give them, if, especially if they're working on homework, give them a framework or a starting point. So intuitives like to start with a blank slate because of all the possibilities and creativity, you know, they can start, they love starting with a blank slate. Don't give me anything. I want to create it and figure it out. But a sensing child, they need a starting point. A blank piece of paper just fills a sensing child with anxiety. And so give them a starting point or a framework. And if they're stuck, 
try not to be a helicopter parent and figure it out for them, reassure them versus rescuing them and just say what, you know, if, if I can't help you, if you get stuck, what can you do? Can you ask the teacher? Oh, I don't want to ask the teacher. Well, why not? I'm afraid she'll get mad at me. Well, why would she get mad at you? And then you start going into um, helping them figure things out for themselves without doing it for them, which is what a sensing parent wants to do. Right. <laughs> you want to give them step by step. So then you're at the point of listening to them and helping them cope um, with how to handle that. And one of the things, and the other thing too, as a, um, with, as a sensing child, help them breathe, help them because what happens they're in the moment and it's from their point of view first. And so you're as a, as an intuitive parent, you know, that there's possibilities, you know, you, they, I don't think the anxiety level is as high with an intuitive parent because they know that there's something beyond in the moment, but a sensing child is like, but I have to do this now. I have to get this done. And if I don't get it done, my teacher's going to get mad at me. Well, let's just calm down. Let's do some deep breathing together. And you know what I have seen from my younger nieces and nephews who are in their thirties, you know, with their young children now teaching their children how to do deep breathing. Mm -hmm. And so just knowing that you can help them with that. Yeah. Isn't this for so many people? We're talking about understanding, but also changing some things of who we are. And I just want to make sure that folks know that because if we have the first part, which is awareness, then if we had some tips and tools, mm -hmm. we're really relieving a lot of stress in the relationship between parents and children. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah, that's exactly. It's first understanding yourself, then understanding your children's personalities. And if they're different than ours now, let's have, there's some coping strategies that you can do mm. to help both yourself and your child. Cause remember you have to put your oxygen mask on first yeah. <laughs> before you put it on your child. Yeah. I mean, as we take a look at these and we move down, you know, there's a lot of language here that people, when they hear it, they really, first of all, especially in Myers-Briggs is a huge misconception. Uh, but it's really important to understand other dynamics. You know, we're talking about, you know, the judging parent, the perceiving child and vice versa. And, you know, let's, let's start to put a few more of these together. And some of the examples you have, uh, and also tips for people are just beautiful. I mean, if you have a child that just does not have enough information to understand about going back to school, the answer is not going to be for them, just go back. Mm -hmm. They may want to know, well, what are the guidelines? Do yeah. we have guidelines? Yes. You know, what's it going to look like? Can you tell me what it's going to look like? Mm -hmm. You know, how can you reassure me? But there are other aspects of this too, that might be the reverse of things. Um, what happens if your child's never on time? Does that mean that there's something wrong with your child? Talk about some of these others. Okay. Well, that one, the, the time one is <laughs> more about the, the thinking and, or sorry, is how, uh, 
sorry. It's the judging and perceiving uh, dichotomy, which is the last dichotomy. It's about um, boundaries, time sensitivity. Um, so J stands for judging, which doesn't mean a person's judgmental. It just means it's part of the formula of the Myers-Briggs four letters. But what it means is um, being very organized, structured, planful, wants to like has a checklist, wants to check it off and move on, wants to make a decision quickly and move on. Where the other end of that is perceiving, that's the opposite. And that means open-ended, spontaneous, boundaryless, last minute, wants to look at all options before making a decision. So um, as a judging parent, parenting an open-ended child, um, you don't want to overwhelm. We tend to want to put a lot of structure in place for our children. And with an open-ended child, you have to be careful not to put too many structures into place. So that's where you need to really think about and focus on what are the important boundaries for this child. Perhaps it's making sure they go to bed on time, making sure that they turn off their social media at a certain point, but the rest of it kind of let them go with the flow and just, you know, help them with those important boundaries instead of giving them a structure of every single minute of every single day. But let's talk at the perceiving parent. Let's just let's just talk about an example of this. Let's say you're an extrovert, a, a parent, a perceiving extrovert. Let's just say that's you. You know, you may be the person that in a minute or in a whim, you get up from your desk post COVID, during COVID, and you have this fantastic idea. <sighs> and you just like, hey, everybody, I got this fantastic idea. Why don't we play cards? Mm. what uh this is news to me it's like in the middle of my day I'm like in the middle of something you know I mean this is one of these things that if we understand it and this is you as a parent that one of the things you're not going to do is walk into the middle of the house and make this announcement you know with your introvert child that is perhaps maybe you know, has a little, has that personality of judging that needs structure and control and wants you to plan ahead. Mm -hmm. And you burst out and say, I've got a great idea. Let's go play miniature golf. Mm -hmm. And you've just completely derailed from your child's perspective, their flow, yeah. their mojo. Yeah. They got their planning mojo on, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you don't understand why nobody wants to go. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's why, and that's why it's, it's good to, to know this about yourself and your child, because um, there needs to be some boundaries. And so helping talking to your child about what are the most important things they need to get accomplished. And, um, and boundaries are hard for an open-ended parent. So, um, so just being you still want to have fun, but be aware of boundaries that are needed. Um, for instance, um, come up with a plan, you know, what's the most important to you and your child, um, work with them to come up with a plan on what they need, and then set timers for yourself to remember. And just think about, you don't have to put a lot of structure in your day, but at least 
the minimum structure your child needs and then somehow incorporate that into your day. And even if you don't have boundaries for yourself, create a little bit of structure, create a little bit of boundaries for what your child needs and then set yourself reminders for that. Because Mm -hmm. judging children want to know what's going to happen and when. Um, I, you know, I just had my adult son out here for a while and it was at, at lunch or at, in the mornings before he left for work, he'd be like, what are we having for dinner? What are we doing for dinner? Are we going out? Are we staying in? I'm like, well, and I'm a judging parent. And, and it, it's so funny. He, he and I kind of reversed our roles and I'm like, I don't know. Cause I live with, you know, my husband's open-ended, my stepson's open-ended. And so I've just learned, you know, that, um, they just like to go with the flow and they're just like, yeah, we'll see how we feel at dinner. But my, you know, my son was going, well, what are we going to have for dinner? What are we going to do? And I'm like, oh, okay. I need to start thinking about that again, just to make him feel more confident into how he wants to know how his day's going to look. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, and we, we're, we're talking about, we're talking about these as separate entities, let's just say. Mm-hmm. When you put them all together, mm-hmm. especially in the Myers-Briggs, as you did the summary, <clears throat> when you put them all together, there is multifaceted ways to understand this. And that's why what I said earlier about, you know, the fact that you're teaching this again mm-hmm. is it may take some time to really look at the dynamics in the family and say, this is what's going on in the family, yeah. because it may be even more complicated than that. You know, you could have an introverted mom and an extroverted dad or vice versa, and the children could be split. And there you go. Mm -hmm. Um, So you really have to understand this a little bit more. You know, the one other thing too, let's talk about if we could, is we are now looking at how to understand how we are. And then think about making adjustments. You know, I think one of the things we just talked about with perceiving and judging is what if you have too much structure? You know, what if one of you has too much structure? What if it's like you just talked about where you plan everything out to a T, every minute of your vacation, Mm -hmm. everything about it, Mm -hmm. and then something comes up? How do you learn to handle that? Yeah. You know, how do you change things? Because boy, isn't that what we've learned in the past 18 months? You've got to be adaptable here. Yes. Yes. And, and before pre-pandemic, we could be, it was all about being organized all the time. And, um, and for judging parents, that's great because we like to organize everything. We like to put in all these activities for our kids. And, and so with the pandemic, you know, we had to sit still. That's hard. For those of us that are extroverted and we like to get things done and to sit still and we have to adapt and we're not necessarily natural adapters judging parents are judging the preference of being organized and structured and wants to make a decision to move on adapting is a challenging for us so perceiving people who are naturally open-ended they always adapt they know how to adapt. And so things you can think about 
as a judging parent is build time into your calendar. That's what I've done. I've had to learn to, because my, my, I, I draw a, like a ladder and I'm like, checklist, 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 check it off and yay. And then there's no time to be spontaneous. There's no time to deal with emergencies. There's, you know, and so I just build the sides of my ladder and I put like three rungs in it. And those, are the, if, and I don't build, I don't write anything on my calendar except for those three things. And if I get other things accomplished between those three, great. But I've also left myself space to let my child come in and go and have that opportunity. If they, at the you know last minute, they want to come and talk to me about something, I don't want to blow them off. I want to be there. I want to be present and listen to them. And you can also help your children instead of you being the one organizing their time. You can help them by, oh, you know what? There's a bus that goes to school. I don't have to drive you every day. I don't have to yell at you every day. You're going to be late. Come on, we got to go. Oh, there's a bus. Ah, and you have an alarm. Hmm. I think I'm going to let you get up and maybe even fix yourself breakfast. And oh, maybe even get yourself to the bus. And after a couple times of being late, they'll know what they need to do. Um, And... Yeah. So, so there are just simple things like that. Yeah. Yeah. And they're simple and they're learning. And what they do is they allow for people to just be people. And what I mean by that is I can't say this enough. So often when we run into these personality differences, especially if it's a reoccurring thing, you know, I had two experiences in my corporate world. One was the knowing of, oh, I don't shut my door because I don't like you. Mm-hmm. Or, but you think I shut my door because I don't want anything to do with you. I shut my door because I'm focused. And that's just for me. I'm in my little cave. I'm in my little manager cave in yeah. here. Yeah. Um, but I learned through that feedback that people that come in walk by the door and my team wanted to say good morning. They, some of them wanted to stop by the door. And yeah, I mean, so it literally, that one thing, Carrie, and this is my point, and, I, and, and really, you know, let's bring this home on mm-hmm. this point. That one bit of feedback from me, what a difference it made. Mm-hmm. Not just in my day, but in the relationship. Now, I will tell you, I had to make some adjustments as an introvert, and some other aspects of my personality, when I open that door, and now I have four different people walking by, Mildred would stop by, hi, Mildred, how are you? How are the children? Right? Okay. And as they came, at one point, they all came in one day at the same time, and literally were in my room. It was so important to do it. But I had to make an adjustment on the other end. Yes. Exactly. So just understanding that and, and, and that's where the miscommunication or misunderstanding comes in. It's like, well, now look what happened. I opened my door and all these people are in here and they're taking all my energy, what little energy I have. Oh, wait a minute. I got to do something else to counteract that. So what am I going to do at the end of the day? Or what am I going to do at lunch? Maybe I need to go off by myself at lunch. You know, yeah. Let's talk about this and really bring this home because people hear us talking about the fact, and I think you referenced me as an introvert. 
no one believes I'm an introvert. <laughs> <laughs> they don't. And I really am. I mean, and I've shared my, you know, a little bit about my score. I've taken a Myers-Briggs several times. And the most important thing I want to share with people about this is this is a tool to help us understand each other, not to judge each other. Right. Absolutely. And that's one of the most important things. You know, what can we say to those listening to really acknowledge that there's hope to be able to handle whatever parenting situation you have, post-pandemic or not, if they could just understand a few of what we're, things we're talking about today. Yeah. Well, and that's why I'm so passionate about this topic. Uh, anything Myers-Briggs related, especially when, when it, well, it all, I always find it helps understanding each other. Yeah. And it's because it transcends the Myers-Briggs concepts transcends all countries and cultures. I've been certified and recertified in three different countries and I've used it in all those countries. And, and that's why I'm just like, it's so important to know this from the time your child is born (laughs) Yeah, to help and support them for who they are and understand who you are and what you need to do for each other. And that way we can all respond to life positively versus react to life negatively. Karen, thank you. I I mean, please go ahead and finish because this is such a powerful message. You could not have predicted the past 18 months we've been in. You could not have predicted the level of miscommunication that we're now studying and reporting on. Mm-hmm. And I can't say enough to people that are listening before you start judging, call Carrie. Yes. And the reason I say this is they could learn, they could adjust. And if there's a way to save relationships just by this, isn't it worth it? Oh gosh. Yes, absolutely. Um, because one of my favorite quotes, which is also part of Maya Angelou's quote is do the best we can under the circumstances we're in at the time until we know better then do better. And once we know who, who we are at our core and who our children are at our core, and we understand these basic concepts and how you can apply them to your day-to-day life, then we're going to live in a better world. We're going to live in a more peaceful uh, and positive world. Carrie Nail, everybody. Carrie, thank you so much. And, you know, one of the things that I like to reference is one of my mentors, Matt James, certainly, you know, Matt from NLP and so forth. But one of the most fabulous quotes that he ever shared was, whatever you think you are, you're more than that. But there's another version of it. Whatever you think your child is, they're more than that. Mm-hmm. That's a great quote. Yeah. Carrie Nail, everybody, please check out the website. Much more to come on this topic. CarrieNail.com. Nailed it radio. This is great. I can't wait to see where you're going with this. Please help some parents and families. Carrie Nail, everybody. Thank you, Carrie. All right. Thanks, Dr. Pat. Yeah. For those introverts out there, there is hope. People will understand us. We'll see you next time. You've nailed it. 
Thank you for listening to Nailed It Radio. Find your simplicity within your complexity with me, life coach, Carrie Nail, and my co-host, Dr. Pat, on TransformationTalkRadio.com. I'm at my best when I'm helping others be their best. Tune in next time for more tips and stories on what it means to become whole and integrate into your true self. To subscribe to this show and get more information about how I can help you be your best, visit CarrieNail.com.